Hey, welcome to the newest episode of the Articulate Ox Podcast. I am your host, Soma79. Thank you so, so, so much for joining us today. My guest is Donald Gerolamo, a.k.a. Salem Weather. He is a photographer that I have known for quite some time. He works in the um, Salem, Massachusetts area, where um, a lot of his photographs are from. So if you go check out Salem Weather on Instagram, you will not be disappointed about what you found. I, I don't know if I said this in the interview or maybe I put it in a post, but... Donnie uh, takes these photographs that sort of, they, they sum up everything that the outside world kind of thinks of New England as, but also everything that people who, who live in New England really know it as. He somehow combines those both into one image, and it's, I think it's satisfying for both audiences. And I absolutely love his work. It is beautiful. Um, you should definitely check it out. Hit him up for prints. And um, yeah, it would go beautifully on no matter what wall you got. So thank you so much, Donnie. Check out at Salem Weather on Instagram and I uh, hope you enjoy the episode. Peace. Hey, welcome to the newest episode of the Articulate Ox podcast, number 20-something, who really knows? I am your host, Soma79. My host today is Salem Weather on Instagram, Donald Gerolamo. How are you doing today? Very good, Tim. Thanks awesome, for inviting man. me. Yeah, thanks for coming. Uh, I should have mentioned you're a photographer. I forgot to work that into my first sentence, you know? It's yeah. Amateur it, hour over here at the Soma Drum. It's funny. Uh, it's, yeah, I guess I am a photographer. I never like look at myself as, I feel like I'm very, I'm self taught. Um, well, a little bit. We can get into that too. I'm self taught, yeah. though I've taken, I've, I've learned from people. Um, and whenever somebody called me that like early on i'd be like i'm not really i just take pictures but i guess like anybody who takes yeah a photo that's nice and people like he's a photographer so yeah that's funny it's something that comes up a lot on the podcast we talk about like just the importance of taking your own art seriously is it's yeah. like oh yeah I'm an art. It's like the really the bar is I posted something on my Instagram recently that just said art is whatever you can get away with, which I think is true. And the, the like the, the bar for being an artist is actually pretty low. So I encourage everybody to just claim it. You know, it's I, I agree. Yeah, Because some people are like, oh, you're an artist. And I'm like, I am like, I guess I get, you know, I don't know. I, I guess I think um, I definitely see photographers as artists. But like, I think that's just part of uh, my own issue is I'm like I don't have the confidence to call myself that yet I put effort into what I do and I do feel like there's an art to it I just yeah. don't like calling myself anything but yeah well, just so, know I have the confidence to call you an artist so because <laughs> these photographs I'm looking at are beautiful like and I right. um you take a lot of photos around Salem Massachusetts um yeah. and actually i'm gonna show one here that i that i this has been so i i've been working from home the past few years which i do permanently but um i've only been to my office once in the past three years and um my this picture was hanging up there so i just recently got this back after not seeing it for a while it was hanging yeah. on my desk in my office this is house of the seven gables is that right or yeah, house of seven gables Salem, um, mass i'm gonna see if the, i can just the light is gonna mess me up yeah, a little bit okay. like yeah so there was a story, but how did you take this photo? Because I know, I remember you telling it's, me you did something. It's a high dynamic range photo, meaning I took, um, it's only, it's three shots, one over the other. Um, it helps bring out like detail. You take like an overexposed shot and an underexposed shot and then like around a 
properly exposed shot. And then in that one, I removed all the color except yellow because the lights were on and it was like sort of evening. Mm -hmm. And so some like the overexposed shot was probably over a second, which is like a long exposure. And then, um, yeah, I really liked just the glowing windows. And I, that angle is the coolest angle. You can see all of the gables that you really need to see from from like when you enter this place, you know, it's it's basically a museum. Um, from the other side, it's not as cool looking. And then this cool old dead tree, which I think has been cut down since, um, just kind of added to it. So I like that. Yeah. So when you took... Um... You took all of the, you took three photos, like tripod in the exact same spot. Yeah. So, all right. So that's something that, and I know this might be something that anyone who takes photographs knows how, like for me, I'm a, like an approximate artist. It's hard for me to just do the same thing. Like how, do, how hard is it to get those that are, that are going to line up perfectly? Uh, well, if, if you have a good tripod, it's not that, it's not that difficult. When I first started doing, like I learned about it, like, oh, this is really neat. You see these like amazing photos that look almost uh, otherworldly, kind of surreal, like so much detail. It's almost impossible to, to get with like a, a single frame. Mm -hmm. So I started taking those. I don't do that as much anymore unless I see something like that. Um, it's not really that, that difficult as you just have to, uh, just have a, a decent tripod and and not and use a remote i had to use a remote or a timer because um the, the slightest little movement on the camera kind of totally mess it up yeah. <clears throat> i just remote. it wasn't very windy which was good so yeah and that is something to consider i was over i was here shooting yesterday some footage for um for a film i'm working on for this album i made and we were just talking about how the most important thing, like if you get one thing right, you have to get the the, the small little production elements right. Because yeah. it's like we're using a green screen. I'm like, if we don't, if we misdo this, everything is shot. Right, right. And it's just like those little details are what end up being the things that waste all your time. Like, you know, when you get home and there was a hair on the lens or or something like that. Well, yeah, well, that's so I always try to keep my equipment clean, you know, um, that's another thing. Yeah. Like I always, my sensor, I clean, you know, once a month or whatever. I've been, I haven't been great about it, about it lately, but um, cause dust gets in there and keep the lenses super clean. And then that shot, um, like a really good photographer never really has to crop. I think I had to crop that one a little cause there was like a sign on that road. I didn't want any sort of anything real modern. Yeah. Look at yeah. it. Kind of crop that was like a little like street sign or like do not park sign. But um I like just trying to get everything in camera as much as possible. Like I don't, um, I think there's an art to editing uh, for sure. Um, I'm just not very good at it. So like when I say, you know, when it's a high dynamic range photo, it's like the software does a lot of the work, but I have to know how to, you know, what photos to take. Right. So, so the software does a lot of the work and then I just removed color really. I didn't do much else. <laughs> but it does look beautiful. I mean, the way the yellow, the the mind kind of fills in, kind of turns some of the gray in the top right corner, fills it in a little blue to counteract the yellow. And it works. The shading is perfect. The um, the choice of what color to accentuate and, you know, how bright to do it is really, is quite elegant on the paint. I love that. that yeah, I, yeah. I, actually, it's funny when you, we were texting earlier and you sent it like, oh, I've got this on my desk. I'm like, oh, I like forget about Bisha. I'm like, that's probably one of my favorite shots. Yeah. Uh, we're taking in Salem because it really, 
it's one of those it's like you know well maybe people don't know but house of seven gables is in salem it kind of represents kind of the history of salem and things like it's that. funny so, you mentioned that i have a little ever jeopardy word a day calendar here and I, and I always take the old pay the old ones and like make notes while i'm doing an episode and the one i happened to grab the question was the answer is his story began in salem massachusetts in 1804 and ended 60 years later during a trip to new hampshire with franklin pierce nice <laughs> Hawthorne. daniel hawthorne yep yeah yeah it's oddly yeah, ironic what's cool so right next to the i mean i know we're kind of going off here but That's anyway right. thinking about uh right next to the house of the seven gables is nathaniel hawthorne's um birthplace and they like moved it there so it's like there's a couple of cool historic they moved like they literally there. moved the house yeah, from somewhere else in Salem, like down the street, like to, to preserve it. So they put it on the land that's like right next to the House of the Seven Gables. But it's not really where he was born. I forget where it is. But then you can go. He worked as um, he had like an office job at like the port. And you can see that like down the street. It's kind of cool. Uh, yeah it's a gorgeous area. I mean, I, yeah. I love going down there. It's a great uh, the Salem Art Museum is also just Fantastic. I don't know if that is that what they call it. Um, I saw a George O'Keefe exhibit there. I guess now it's been a couple years. Like yeah, the years really, really nice. Yeah, yeah. And the first thing I'll tell you in Salem is no witches were ever burned there. Isn't that true? Like I, that it's like they were all hung, but everybody thinks that they were burned. But... Yeah, I don't know if they ever burned anybody there, but but Salem back in the day was much bigger and it encompassed like towns surrounding towns like Danvers and like so there's other play I'm not like the Salem historian on top of that history, but there are things I love about what they've done um with the um uh they have like the 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 witch memorial um <clears throat> which is pretty amazing. They're it's right next to the cemetery called, forgive me if I'm wrong, I think it's called Old Burying Point, Old Salem Burying Point or something. It's right in the middle of town. It's right next to the PBS Essex Museum. And there's a little section right next to it. And it's um, got uh, granite walls. And out of the granite walls, it almost looks like little benches stick out. And there's 19 of them for the 19 people who they killed you know um or are accused of witchcraft and all this and on each one of them is their name and the date that they died um or were killed by the state or you know, the government so um what's really beautiful about it is at the end of it the um the wall it looks like it's been removed in steps and there's just like a metal fence and past that metal fence is the old burying point and so when when these people who were accused of witchcraft were were killed, they weren't allowed to be buried in a cemetery. So their families would have to sneak in at night and take their bodies. And so they were buried privately in their at their homes or something, if if even they were able to get their bodies. But at the end, you can see into the um, old burying point, and that is symbolic because a lot of the accusers are buried there. So it's meant to be so they can forever be looking at what they did. Oh my and, god! And there are, I think, six or eight. I forget what the type of tree is, but they're planted along where these um, stone benches are, and it's the trees that they had hung some of them from. It's the type of tree that they had hung them from. It's like really symbolic. It's like That's really wild. Yeah, it's pretty amazing. 
the only reason I know that is because I was walking around one night taking photos and there was a, a Salem University like professor guiding his class and I listened to him <laughs> and he like gave a whole history lesson. It was kind of cool. I hope you tipped him at the end of that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was like, wow. Yeah. So, um, so your Instagram account, Salem Weather, uh, it's been around for a few years. Um, you got some, uh, some pretty decent uh, response to this, if I remember correctly. I believe there was some, your identity was hidden for some time. If I'm, yeah. what's when the story I, behind it? Yeah, when I first did it, um, so for years I had, like we were talking about earlier, like I never had like fancied myself an artist or a photographer or whatever but I had this kind of need to do something creative I needed a creative outlet and I'd always loved looking at photography taking photos with with you know I never had like a real camera but <clears throat> those disposable thing I'd go around take photos get them developed be like, oh it's kind of cool never knew what I was doing um so then you know Instagram had been out for a few years I didn't have an account and well I, I think oh i did have an account just for my cat <laughs> photos of my cat at the time. but i wanted to do something um a little more creative and i set up the account just to have a place to save the good shots if i had a good shot i thought it was nice so i had started i st set up the account i called it salem weather just because i had been going out every I, at the time i was like a pretty serious runner i was going out every day and weather was an important thing to me so i checked the weather i run in any weather but i was like oh let me, I'll, yeah i'll be like a weather reporter to the, the town I'll be like oh this is the weather I feel like you could look out the window it doesn't matter it was just a gimmick yeah. and so literally my first few shots were like it was like oh here's the lighthouse and you know here's the temp today and this is what we're looking at and it was like the first i don't know a couple weeks i did that and i was like this is stupid what am I doing? You know, nobody cares. So the name just stuck and it was, I kind of liked the, the name. Uh, and then I just started um, taking photos of what I liked in the area, historic um, kind of landscape stuff. A lot of my photos, uh, especially early on, don't have any people in them. Um, and I don't really know why I, I didn't use people in my photos at first but then it, it um i just wanted i liked these quiet serene scenes mm -hmm. um so that's how i started and i didn't tell anybody because i really didn't know a lot of people in in town i mean i had friends but i had also this is just part of the history of it i had just got out of a long relationship and so i was like kind of at the time like starting to make new friends and this mm -hmm. and that like oh I have this Instagram account because it just didn't didn't really matter to me but it, it 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 um I started following all local businesses and things like that and it kind of um blew up a little bit I had I, I think I still have a couple thousand followers which was for me I was like wow this is great you know and so but also what, what really helped was I took photos every day that was part of my thing the photo I I would take photos that day it would be posted so every photo i took i think for two years straight if if it's posted that day i took it that day so it was like it got busy because i was some days you know um and i was i was traveling a little bit for work so i would have to not every photo could be taken exactly that day, so i'd have to like kind of like have a few yeah. to post on those traveling but um 
like if I knew it was going to be busy that night, I'd get up at like 5 a.m., go get the sunrise, run home, <laughs> get on the computer, edit, post and leave or wait to post at the end of the day or something just to like have one to put up. So that's what I did for a while. And it was just it was just something I did that kind of kept me in a good mood, really. Right. I did a similar thing in 2015 where I drew a portrait every day for a year. Yes. And, yeah. and I think, I think I, what you did may have been partially inspired me. I know when I had another friend, um, Tress Passion, who um, may be coming up in a future episode, who his thing is he takes pictures in like abandoned place, like essentially place you have to trespass to get to. And, I used to hear that. Those are amazing. Yeah, they're great. And so he really inspired me too to do the thing every day. And that's a really great practice for anybody that like, it's hard to, like you talk about calling yourself an artist. If you sit down, if you take a, a, an actual measured photographic plan of share every day for a year or do a portrait every day for a year, it's really hard not to call yourself an artist at the end of that. Cause it's like, yeah. and it's like, part of it is, I, I think I've said before that I learned everything I was going to learn about drawing portraits within like four months. But I think, I, I took me the full year to learn the discipline that I learned from drawing a portrait every day where then it just became part of your everyday activity of just doing some sort of art you know yeah yeah and, and it's interesting too because that that's um it got to the point where I was like oh I've I feel like I've taken this photo before uh let me try something different and it would kind of just force me to go to different places too right. I'm very much I'm not too adventurous. I'm like a home, but when I'm home, I'm home because like I get very busy. Same but it me. just forced, yeah. it forced me to get out, learn more about my town. Even when even when I was like a runner, a serious runner, I'd run everywhere. That was so, that was helpful too because I would see things and I'd be like, oh, I want to go back at golden hour and take a photo right. of that. I've never seen that before in this light or something like that, and so. I'd run, I'd see things, um, but it, it was time consuming because then after a while, I'm like, some of these are okay. I, I was like kind of pleased with myself. Um, it but, should be. <laughs> but then um, I would get very, I'd look at, I'd take a few photos. I'd be like, oh, these are, these are bad. But then I realized none of the, like, I was just trying to show the, the city for a while. And then I was just trying to show it the way I saw it, you know what I mean? And like just the, the places that I like, I think that's why I had no people in them <laughs> because I don't think I'm really a people person. <laughs> it's it's funny. Think, it's funny you mentioned that because I have, I have your Instagram account up on my, my screen over here. And I was thinking about how, you know, we all have everybody, you know, a lot of people have been to Salem. A lot of people go during Halloween and a lot of people have a certain perception of what Salem looks like, but you capture a different side of the city. Um, it feels there's um, and I think that may be why it appeals to appeals to people who live there because they see the different side of the city. Like the photographs we see as beautiful. I mean, this is one of the most beautiful photographs I've ever taken of this before, but it's also one of the most photographed parts of Salem. I think this is what people sure. think of. So, like, um, when you, I think the locals probably really like, you know, see an appeal to seeing the Salem they see every day. Yeah. And you find, and it's like, for me, I always think of Salem as a place where unfortunately it's hard to find a parking spot and there's often <laughs> a lot of people going around. The version of Salem I see in your photos is the one that I sort of want to visit. You know? Yeah. 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 That, that's interesting. You say that. Yeah. Cause it, it, these were the times of day or, or times of year where there just weren't people around, you know, and then, right. and then I realized, um, sometimes a just a landscape or a building is boring and just 
a person in it just walking by or doing so it just kind of brings it to life so there's some you'll see like if you were to like look at all the photos through you see like i, I started integrating just like animals like like a cat or a dog and then and this one the one i really love that i might talk to you about a print for is the joe's hair salon with a guy okay, doing I, really that, that that's a just, beautiful photo and i think it works really well with the seafood one like you could really see those hanging next to each other yeah i love i love that you brought that up okay so that shot that that's perfect example uh for years that storefront of that salon just i don't know what it was it's it maybe it's the funky looking painting of the people on the front that yeah windows it's perfectly are... kitsch in a way yeah yeah it's very yeah very kitsch very just like i always wanted to take one of those almost um wes anderson type photos of that just like dead on you know yes i tried for years it's funny like i've been taking a photo of that building since like 2016 and it just never worked and one day i was walking by and it was like it was like decent light and I'm like, okay, I'm going to try this again. And I look to my right and I see this kid on a bike coming. So I take a couple photos and I see him coming. I'm like, this kid is going to be in my shot. And he, he saw me. Yeah. The look on his face now that I'm zooming in is great. And this wasn't like set up. I wasn't like, Hey, do something. He saw me pulled a wheelie and I just, I got lucky. And I I remember as I saw him, I was like, oh, I'm going to slow the shutter just enough that he looks like he's moving. You know, you could, I don't, yeah. I didn't freeze him. And I just got it right. And he pulled the wheelie and I got it. And he, he stopped and apologized after he passed. I go, no, dude, you just made the shot. Like, that's, that's it. And, and I was like, ah, oh, this is what it's about. That's like, I feel like that's my only real street photography shot. Like, I, I love reading about like, street photographers from the 50s 67 you know and like you gotta have like real balls to do that stuff when like there's people involved because not everybody <laughs> right right because the reaction that kid had is the opposite of what most people are yeah and that was he was doing it to be goofy because he saw me right the but i was like this that made the photo well it also it also speaks to the thing about photography that i think a lot of people who don't take photographs or at least don't take them with an artistic intent realize that it's like sometimes the moment that you that you need to capture it only lasts like a fraction of a second yeah right and it's, yeah it's not it, they literally it really is about capturing a moment in time because it's it's never going to be exactly like that again and you know you can lose you know so many people have lost the perfect shot like just by like a hair you know? oh yeah i've been there <clears throat> it's like a lot I, don't, I jump around a lot but a lot of what i like to do now is photos of the moon and you'll see like in my mm -hmm. they're beautiful yeah always like love photos of the moon and like you only have a few minutes a month if the weather's good right only a right like the way i like to catch i like to catch it as close to the horizon as i can and then it, you know because that then it just looks huge i love that like it, you know it's it's um you know if, if you i do a lot of planning for those shots because i know oh the moon's gonna rise in a certain area and blah 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 and i want it between these two things or coming up behind this because that kind of that gives it some sort of life i guess but it's just it's the challenge of getting it exactly where you want it yeah, this one, the most recent one you have posted now, of the moon, right, like sort of dead center between those two towers, is so that's just gorgeous. Yeah. Okay. So that was the end of. Okay, that I've been. So that is Thatcher Island in Rockport, 
and those um, lighthouses want they're aligned exactly north to south. And they're really cool. They're very tall. I forget exactly how high, but they're old. They're some of the oldest lighthouses in the United States. They're built by the British. And I've been trying to get that shot um, for a very long time. I go up there a lot because I, for some reason, I just love. I have I have photos of the moon going uh, behind both of those, the north and the south um, lighthouse, but never right in between. And that day, I was like, oh, I thought I was gonna because you can't tell sometimes with like what where right. the cloud was yeah and it just came up and i got it and i love it i like how the moon kind of looks like a um cackling pac-man yeah 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 it does it's like <laughs> is it cool if i um if when i when i when i edit this down if i put some of the photos up on the oh, screen yeah. all right cool oh, I just wanted to, yeah because i think yeah. it really helps one thing i love about this is i just recently joined this minimalist photography group on facebook and every other comment is debating whether the photographs people post are actually minimalist or not and it's like you can't i was just like how do you well and i love minimalist stuff too i feel like a, I, a lot of my more recent stuff is fairly some of it, it, it is it's like it's wouldn't i mean according to the debate in that group i think they would probably say no but it has like okay. considering for what you're shooting in a city you know yeah. it does it ha it evokes some of that the, the things that are great about minimalism yeah yeah i know uh it's point they're like pointed that's um it's yeah they take they there's a clear point of how to of how to look at your photos like they follow these really beautiful lines that i don't know i, I mean, appreciate that i do yeah. because i that's okay so that's something before i started really learning about photography i didn't understand i didn't know what a leading line was i didn't i'd always heard of rule of thirds and i was like i always wanted to know what it was but never bothered to look it up, look it up. And then, um, so uh, so I did this for a couple of years, right? So I'm taking the photos, taking, and and I, my first, I don't know, six months of photos was just with a phone, an iPhone, because it was like I was like, this takes decent photos. Yeah, and that's what I found too. Is I when I was shooting photos yesterday, I had my iPhone taping right next to my regular like nice camera, and they're comparable. It's, it's especially video now, and those things are amazing. But anyway, I was yeah. taking great photos with it i thought and just editing it in the little iphone edit thing right and that was it that's all i did so very plain and then i was like all right i've been doing this for months why don't i buy a camera so not knowing a lot looked a little bit into it ended up buying an icon whatever it was like a um it wasn't a full frame but whatever it, it was great and I was like, wow, I could finally like get different lenses. And so I was all excited about it, like experimenting with that. And the photos were just way more high quality. And then all of a sudden I needed editing software. So I get Lightroom. Um, yeah. and Adobe Lightroom. Yep. Yeah, Adobe Lightroom. And, and that came with, um, what's the other Adobe stuff? The, uh, I don't use it that much. Yeah. I'm going to do, I have the entire Adobe Creative Cloud and I don't, I'm not going to show for them, but I'm going to show for them and say, I love it. And um, it's amazing. So what's nice is like light. So Lightroom is basically like if you take a photo with a DSLR or, or a mirrorless, um, you have there's like layers of data in those in those photos that you can adjust color, light to a point, but but like you can't like 
move stuff around in it. Like it's not, I didn't want to get over. And I think there's an art to that. There's no offense to people who like play stuff and photos and all that, because I act it's some of my photos do have that where I like enlarged the moon. That was for right. me. Now, I like everything I do to be in camera. So mm-hmm. like nothing is physically changed other than brighten the shadows or if something's a little bit too bright you, you bring right. it down a bit, add, add a little bit of contrast um so that's what i try to do um now but but it's um it's amazing what you can do with these like fairly affordable cameras you know like... we were talking yesterday when i were setting the lights for um my shoot that my friend pilsy who was here helping me and he had the same experience as me he's like look i got this light kit for like 150 bucks and it's yeah. amazing and like the i mean i had like i had a green i set up a green screen in my basement i got a cheap light kit and it's just for almost nothing you can just you can yeah. you know the, the investment is is almost nothing these days to really do this and, stuff you know yeah and, and and then you end up getting obsessed and i got obsessed right. Now I have all kinds of crazy stuff. But I think the I, first one's always free because it's like they get you for almost nothing in the first light kit. Then six months later, you're like dropping two grand yeah, on right. stuff that you're like, you know, hanging from your ceiling, you know. So I've just been sort of like trading it. But it's funny, like when you when you get into this, you realize like once you choose a brand, like that's your brand because yeah. you don't have the lenses, the glass, you, you you invest in glass. That's what my first photography teacher told me. He's like, you investing in glass? I'm like, I didn't know what he was saying. Well, we like, selling meth? What are we doing here? How do we fund this? This guy might have been, by the way. <laughs> um, so now I've invested in glass. So I have some some great lenses because I like to do all different kinds. Of, like I'm not, I'm not a street photographer. I'm not a, a landscape photographer. I just like doing all different kinds of stuff. So like I have like a super long lens that I love for the moon and I'll go out now and I actually like taking photos of birds and stuff because there's a challenge to it. Yeah. Uh, What's fun I, about your photos, I'm thinking about this now, is these are photos that um, would would look really artistic in like your regular home, but would feel really relaxing in your vacation home yeah 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 like they sort I, of like give you both of those feelings like the, the context of where you put them i think adds a little to them but like they would fit like this one that you have like i mentioned before the moon down the middle that would look awesome over a fireplace yeah like mice and big like over a fireplace that would look amazing i should uh, print like i well that was another thing i have a printer oh i think you got the same print right yeah, yeah yeah i'm glad you have it because i'll be talking about prints after <laughs> okay because i really I should print more. Like I honestly, I'm like looking around the living room. I don't have any of my own photos up, and I don't know what that's about either. Um, I because is I it? Take- this is worth talking about because when I moved into my house a couple of years ago, I hung up a lot of my paintings. You can see right now the gambit's mine. The two over yeah, my yeah. shoulder are both mine. Yeah. And I, I joke, I'm like, it feels like a museum sometimes. Well, and I'm like, and sometimes it's, but it's like, there's a part of me that's like, okay, am I just like, oh, look how great I am? Or is it that I'm just making the art that I would want to buy? So of course I want it in my house. And I think it's more of the latter for me, you know? Yeah. No, and I like the, like, it, like I go, I think what happens is like, sometimes you spend time with something that you make and then you're just like, okay, I'm done with this. What's the next thing? Right. And I don't know, for me, and then, sometimes i love a photo i take and then i look at it later i'm like i don't really like that one anymore but i should like i don't know what that is but i do like that that one 
that most recent one, which is months old, I really want to print that because because of how long it took me to get that shot. Because I've been trying to get that shot for for years. Because sometimes I go out for these shots for the moon. You got to choose a location, and once you're there, that's you don't have time to move. Yeah, it's you don't get a little bit, but like people don't understand is when like a shot like that dead center between those two lighthouses. If I have if you if I had moved three feet to the left the the moon would be that much off right you you really can't there's there's you really don't have that much space to move you have to be in the spot you have to be within just a couple feet and on top of that so sometimes people will mention how fast the, the earth is actually moving and it's like that doesn't really affect us on a regular basis until you're in a moment like that we're like oh yeah I'm on something moving how many tens of thousands of miles per hour at something else, how many light years away, like moving at how many it's, it, you know, it's yeah. so, I mean, literally the stars got to align or the, the rocks yeah. got to align, I guess. So I don't like, so my, my lens is 500 millimeters. That's my longest lens. So I think that shot with the moon in between, I think that's like at 400 or something. So I'm not even fully, cause I wanted you to see the whole, island sort of yeah i think it does help too and i am i like how it's a little thicker on one side and the other that yeah love that man yeah so you can see it's like a you know but the uh when you are fully zoomed in on the moon and waiting for it to hit your spot you can see it moving like fast like that really, is wild like, moving you're like oh my god so it's also fun i i don't know where but i think i posted i have some um took some sort of video or I took t time lapse photos of the moon. So, some of my posts have like some time lapse. Uh, I love doing that too. It doesn't always work out perfectly, but I have a great, some software that knits it together smoothly. And um, you can just like kind of watch the moon rise. I just had either a great idea or a terrible idea. Yeah. Like I love doing gallery walls in my house with photographs. You know, sometimes you see like the, like a circle and it has the moon and the different stages yeah. of the moon. Like what if you took like a bunch of photographs in different stages of the moon and like didn't arrange them so they were all perfect. Like like you don't set up the photos so the moon is all in the same place, but you set up the um the 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 finite frames so they are so they're all kind of off centered. But there's a circle of how the moon goes around it. That might look yeah. awesome. Yeah, that might look terrible. That is an interesting idea too. Um, yeah, that could be cool. It, it kind of even in the same place where you can kind of see for to get the phases get as many phases as you can as close to the foreground like i like for foreground stuff because it mm -hmm. gives you an idea of like where the moon is and its size um like like you see a lot of photos of um uh, eclipses and you just see the the moon because a lot of times you're seeing an eclipse it's like so far above you know the ground that you can't really get foreground um, so I'm um, actually next, uh, October, there's an annular solar eclipse, which means, um, the moon doesn't quite cover the entirety of the, of the sun. Like there's a ring around yeah. it. So that's it passes through the Midwest. I'm going to visit a friend and we're and it's actually a fairly early eclipse out West. It's like 8am. So it should be, it shouldn't be too high. And so we're going to have some foreground that we're trying to figure out 
were to take the photo. So we're at, like we're in the planning stages of a photo that we're going to take in like so six cool. months. Here's a quick sidebar, and I know people have mentioned this before, but what do you think like prehistoric man thought when they saw an eclipse? Like how long would they be talking about that? Like you know, in the absence of television and communication, it's like do you think yeah. the gods are angry? I mean, you'd be talking about that forever, yeah. especially because you'd be blind. Well, I can't because I've never seen an eclipse. I've never been there, but just seeing like video of it, it must have been freaking frightening. I mean, right. can you imagine you're like you're like walking around perfectly sunny day, like no clouds in the sky, and all of a sudden the lights go out for up to like four or five minutes, right? And then it never happens like or like you yeah. know happens like five years later or something. Like, well, and then you see like the crescent. You think, like, what is that? Yeah, of you would make they- up the craziest stories as to why that happened. Yeah. But then what's amazing is before they even had any real technology, they could predict when yeah. a lot of would happen, which is crazy. I, I mean, I use an app. I love <laughs> like, you know, that tells me where the, even just like a regular monthly full moon, it tells me yeah. exactly it's going to rise so I can set up somewhere. But like, there's a little bit of play to it. So you got to like find a spot. Yeah. It's funny. Often when you go out, there's other photographers there and like you see a guy like, 40 yards like to the right you're like is that the right spot you're like no nah, no nah, he's screwed like because you know so, when- that makes that, it's funny because like when you're in these solids i remember i i had a friend of a friend who's a professional poker player and i remember asking him like just out of curiosity what is the relationship like with the other players because it's like you know you're, you're traveling to the same places you're seeing you're probably seeing each other in airports but like you're trying to take each other's money and he's like he said yeah it is very weird you you have these little friendships that are friendships but not really friendships and in rapping it's kind of the same way where it's like you have your close friends that are rapping but everybody else is sort of just someone else that like you kind of want to you know totally body on a song so what is it like when, when you're out in the wild with other photographers i always because like i'm not there's a competition i think to get the spot if you're doing like a moon photo but um it's it's funny because it's mostly older gentlemen older women who are kind of retired and just have the time for this now um and so i just chat with them i mean i'm not yeah throw their camera in the water and like spit (laughs) on them and say this is my town yeah but it's it's funny you didn't hear that when somebody's banging on that anyway it's funny um you should say that because i was um with the marathon last week I, I saw some interviews with um all the kenyans who train together yep i grew up in hoppington so i know the marathon very yeah, yeah. well so they were being asked like yeah you guys all train together and you're friends but at what point um yeah in the race do you become competitors and like they couldn't really they're like it just whoever decides you know there's just a point where somebody's like oh, i'm gonna win this one you know and i was yeah. like that's it is sort of it's sort of like it's beautiful in the way that like so much of our life is planned but then these little moments where you just have to be ready for them and it's not planned it's like you know i don't know it's it's and then there's also that you know how mad can you be when your teammate wins you know (laughs) yeah well and that's i i think what i like about like that's not my type of photography but like just capturing the unplanned like that photo of the the kid going by like Mm -hmm. that was completely i those are my favorite types of photographs when my favorite photographers are street photographers who just capture these moments that like will never be caught again you know right jumping over a puddle or like these famous photos you know but uh it's just really that's what I, that's my favorite type of photography even though i that's not really what i do 
but it's yeah. my favorite tool. There's all right. So one thing I, I I keep thinking I want to bring up here is as a public service that everybody who's ever tried to take a picture of a beautiful sunset on their iPhone ended up with absolute garbage. Can you um and hopefully I'm not putting you on the spot. Can you explain to people why that is and like what they would need to do to actually get a decent photograph of like the sunset or the moon or something on a fairly standard like like not like a like a huge like a lens or anything like that. Yeah. So what I would suggest doing, I think what happens is people want to see like the big ball, you know, mm -hmm. and on a phone, like I'm, I've got an iPhone. So you get the little, but you get the, they've got, you get the wide lens, you get the standard lens, which is like 40 or 50 millimeters. The wide's like 26. And then the, the three X lens, which is like a hundred. So it's like a little bit of a zoom. For when I'm trying to take like a photo on my phone that I want to look close to, like if it's like landscape, I just do the zoom in right away. Um, and I try to reduce, if it's a sunset, um, I take as much, there's like a little thing you can um, drop the light. Like it's too, it's going to be too bright. These are, these phones, um, the aperture, is like almost wide open. It's like f two eight. So aperture is you know the size of the iris. There's all kinds of how much light is you're letting in for how long? The number, the more light that is coming in. So it's like I think you can get apps where you can like shoot at f sixteen, which is like you know like a really tight and everything's in uh, focus. But most of the time when you're just whipping your phone out, you're taking the photo. It's like f two or three or like right. And one thing too, for people who don't know, the, the the wider your aperture is open, the more important it is that your camera is stable. Because it, it's because that yeah. means that like you're letting all this light in, but also you're taking the photograph over a longer period of time. So if you move it, it becomes blurry. You can take a you can take a yeah like for example when uh, when you hear somebody talk about a fast lens, a fast lens is f two eight or lower f one. You know like uh, so there's lenses that are zoom lenses and those can go down to around f28 and then there are prime lenses which are even sharper and can go down to like f1 or lower which is crazy but they're super so the the, the wider the aperture the the shallower the depth of field right so so that's a whole other thing but anyway that's a field of pain in the ass sometimes <laughs> that's a whole other yeah you gotta really it's the if you ever watch a good baseball game and just look at the way like it is great when when the way they're able to photograph a picture and have it look like you're right up next to them and then see the back it's 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 a tough it's tough they they had to really plan that out yeah right yeah and yeah and and then yeah you get that nice like the better the lens the nice uh like if, if the foreground is in focus whatever you're you're taking a photo of is in focus and the back is like kind of that creamy right. Because if, if in those instances, if the pitcher stepped like three feet back or three feet forward, they'd be, I'm, I'm assuming, almost totally blurred out because like they because of the distance they're shooting from, how close you're seeing them. They probably only have the width of the mound to really move around and stay in probably pink. depending on what they're shooting. At. And 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 usually with the, the lighting in stadiums, they get plenty of lights. So they can oh, that's true. Them. Yeah. But so, you mean, if it's not, even when I said it's not exactly true, that's generally yeah. the, you know, what yeah. we're talking about. Yeah. So, Yeah. Um, yeah, so I, I just recommend when you're taking, I, I, actually with, with, with phones, if I was taking a sunset photo, I would wait, wait until the sun has set, like wait until like 10 or 15 minutes after the sun has set. 
and the best days to take photos of sunsets is when there's clouds when there's no clouds it's like kind of useless it's nothing right. to look at um when there's clouds and then you get those reds and pinks and oranges just take a photo of that because you don't need to see the, the sun is going to be too bright for your phone right and it's you know, one thing too it's like when you think about i'm taking a picture of my cat who's four feet away from me it's like are you taking a picture of the sun that's how many feet away? <laughs> I mean, it's like, and it's like, if I take a picture of my neighbor's house, that may be like, you know, 50, a hundred feet away from me, but it's yeah. like, we're talking about like thousands and tens and thousands. And I don't even know how many millions of feet yeah. is away, but it's far. But I yeah, haven't been there. Yeah. I think just wait, wait till there's clouds. I mean, I mean, for me, it, it's great. Cause like, you know, I live in the Northeast and I can go to the ocean and there's usually clouds, you know, sun setting behind or whatever. I, I can go to places where I can actually look over the ocean, um, even though it's to the east. There's little things that jet out, and I can look to the west and actually see a sunset where there's clouds and, and get some decent shots. So I have a there's a couple shots on my um, on my uh, Instagram that uh, are just like post actually sunset photos that I really like. It's just it's just the sky. It's just kind of abstract almost. Yeah. This one, um uh and I uh God, this is a beautiful photo. I don't know how well this is gonna this is like the worst way to look at something. But yeah, yeah, yeah. this photo is just gorgeous, man. Okay, so and I'll that... I'll put this, I'll cover the screen so you don't see my phone holding it up. But um it's a moon coming over a snow covered house. Uh it's a blue moon setting over Salem this morning. Happy Halloween. Yeah. Oh, this is on. You shot this on Halloween. Holy crap! Yes, I did. Snow covered Halloween. That's the Hocus Pocus house in Salem. Oh, really? As in that related to the movie Hocus Pocus yeah. that I just saw for the first time a few months ago? So from the original movie, that's the house like they lived in, and it's still there. And some like old lady I think lives there. So don't go to the house, but because <laughs> she's a witch. Can we get you on record or saying that she's a witch? Okay. But, Got it. Angle I feeling in the promo. Yeah. <laughs> well, the, the the nice thing about that photo is I've been waiting a long time to get that photo. I wanted to get it obviously close to the house, but there's trees behind it. But the trees actually help and made it like kind of glow through the trees. So that it, is it, the, it's the, the moon is nested right there. It's like it's like when you see like the the big Chris the balls on people's front lawn sitting on something. It's just nested there, man. And it's and it's that's the moon setting because the moon. Yeah, I think it's at the sun. <laughs> Yeah, no, no, that, but that's the moon setting because I'm looking west. Now, to get that photo, fortunately, when there's a full moon, um, the, the, the tide is usually um, out. So I'm out where it, when, the, when there's like a regular tide, I'd be underwater. Um, so I'm way out kind of in the middle of the ocean with, and my toes were free. I remember it was very cold. Um, and I had to just point out, if you were to learn about the way the moon moves to do your art, then yeah, you're an artist and you're kind of a scientist. <laughs> a little bit, a little bit. I have an app that helps, but I had to get to the right spot and I was like sinking into the sand because I'm like out in the middle. But yeah, that was, that was a, I love that. This, is, I, this is a really beautiful photo. I wanted that house in it. Because you know what's so. interesting is like this somehow captures, like I said before, about how your photos can be both like seen as very artistic and also as soothing. This really captures both of those because yeah. it's a little off centered. The moon is in a position that you don't usually, you know, you don't usually see it like feeling like it's just being cradled there. And I love the little blurry part in the bottom. Is that a snowbank? It's uh, a rocks. Okay. So it's, rocks it's so beautiful against the crispness of the moon. Yeah. Yeah, it's 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 rocks that are 
like usually underwater. Oh, cool. Like I was, I was like, I had like when I finally got the shot, like the tide was starting to come in and I was soaked and cold. Yeah, that was a cool show. This is a really beautiful photograph. And I think, especially too, and I'm glad I mentioned this one, um, that Hocus Pocus is, like I said, I just saw it for the first time. Very charming movie. You know, maybe I would have loved it if I saw it as a kid, but I I appreciated it. There's a lot of people who love that movie. I I think would love this photo too. I mean, it's like, it's, it's, yeah, it's like I took it because it's a little gimmicky, but I, and I always wanted that house in one of my shots. And with the moon, I was like, oh, this is so cool. Oh, um, yeah. So, it's, it's, um, but it's the, it's, I would say this is the least gimmicky photo you could take of a house like that. It's all, even like this one too, the House of Seven Gables one. It's like there was, yeah. you know, the house was there, but you added way more to it. Like you, yeah, you brought something, you, you know, commented on it in a way. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's gorgeous. It's funny. I'm glad you're reminded because, like, I don't even think about them a lot. Now I'm thinking back to like what I, I'm like. Wow, I really, I did do a lot. <laughs> I like this Steve's quality market one too. What oh. is it about Salem? Because like, I, I, what I love about the one, the one I mentioned before with the bike, the fact that the place is named Joe's Hair Salon, which I like. I don't, is there, I mean, there's Joe's Pizza, there's Joe everything. I don't know how many Joe's hair salons are out there, but the fact that it's that is perfect. And Steve's quality market, like, what is the story behind this one? So that, I lived right near there and I used to use that market all the time. And it's one of those like old school, like little corner markets that's, you know, still got the lights. It's probably been there since like the 40s or 50s. Yeah neon lights and what i did so that i took i've taken a lot of photos of that that building but it it, it had rain so you get the reflection in the street which is awesome i love yeah. that oh you know so i was the, looking at the other one now i'm looking at the one i think yeah, you're talking about yeah this is cool this reminds me of that famous diner photo um it has that it evokes that same imagery kind of like night night hawks which yeah I yeah and like kind of an eyes wide shot when he's walking around the city and it looks just like yeah. you know a different version of new york yeah yeah i just it that's just how it looks to me all the time. And I think people have seen it like that. So I, that photo is a little more raw. I love that. The other one I'm talking about, which is like a few days later, I think I probably took them both on the same night. Um, it's a long exposure and a truck uh, drove by and you you can see that light that, go, that, that goes, un, it almost underlines the Steve's. Yep. It, um, that was just the light from a truck. It just perfectly underlines Steve's wow. photo. So it's so there was a a truck drove by as I took like a twenty second exposure. When you post these three photos that slide together into one, is that are those really just three photos you chopped up perfectly and, and put them up, or is there a different way of doing that? Yeah, no, it's a single photo, and then to to post, I there's I have an app that like helps you do that. Oh, okay. So it's one photo, and then it it cuts it perfect so that you can slide through. Okay, so I could just do that in Photoshop and just cut it because I, I've seen that. And I think Trespassion did some of those too. I'm like, oh, I got to figure out how to do that. Yeah, because it looks a- it looks really cool. And then the last photo, I hadn't seen that last photo before. Man, I love that. Yeah. Yeah, there's like an app that just does it. I just do it on my phone. It's cool though. Yeah. Because what I like about doing that is like the, the last one is the, the full photo and the first three just give you the detail. It's like, right. I just oh here's some detail like look how detailed it is and then because i I mean i responded to the first three without even seeing that reflection in the bottom that really does add a lot to it when you when you when you get it in full frame that's cool 
It is. You're definitely like when you think about just the photographs that we probably grew up with of seeing in the 50s, like the Nighthawks. I mean, that's that's a is that a painting or a photographic hand? It's, it's painting. Yeah. Um, like this does capture that part of um, like I'm sort of obsessed sometimes going back and looking at what like Route 9 and Framingham looked like when I was a kid and prior to that. And you do realize how much the landscape has changed. And, you know, this is the old like when you look at the Steve's quality meat market, this is old and new at the same time. Like, yeah. It, yeah, it captures that. a lot about what New England is, you know, the the sure. old and the new and trying to like and we live in a state that I think people see as being very liberal. But there are a lot of we, we, we have a lot of Republican governors here. There are a lot of conservative people here. And we're a state that sort of does straddle two lines between you know, the conservatives and the liberals and the old and the new, but probably does it a little more peacefully than some of the states. But, so. I'm, but then again, we're all, I'm, I'm more liberal and I think we're probably outnumbered a little bit. So I'm sure the other side might say differently. Yeah. But um, this is a, it's something that sort of connects us. Like, And I, that's what I love about your pieces. They sort of say something, but I do feel like they they connect people. They, they ground people to the New England that we know and love, you know. Yeah. That's cool. I uh it's funny that, that that when you mentioned, do you have time for one more like little? I mean, I haven't had nothing but time, man. This is the last thing I got to do today. Um, when you when it's funny, I haven't even looked at that photo while you brought it up. You're like, oh, it's like that painting, and it reminded me of Nighthawks, which is that one that late night like cafe on the corner and people yeah. are doing. Anyway, so um, one of the things that really motivated me to take photos, I'm a huge fan of um, Quentin Tarantino films. Of course, that's one of the reasons I went to film school it was um, Reservoir Dogs, Clerks, and um, Kids, the three movies yeah. that have the biggest influence on me. Yeah, and, and and so one, it's funny, I can kind of pinpoint the, time, the, 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 the image that really made me want to take photos. And it's at the um, beginning of Pulp Fiction when Honey Bunny is pointing her gun, okay? Yeah. Or his, you know, and, and, and he's pointing his gun. And those I think I know where you're going, I just saw this. I've always wanted when it freezes right yeah. before the birds come up. I've always wanted that print on my wall. I've never yeah. figured out how to get it. Uh, someday I'll figure it out and put it on the wall. But um, it's just such a cool shot. Like he he uses um, forget the guy's name, but his cinematographers are like second to none. And those guys they're basically you know trained photographers that frame these perfect images and. Anyway, um, the other day I was looking up some artists. I forget the guy's name. He just happened to, I don't know. You know how you Google people? Like yeah. I was Googling somebody, this like this famous person and her husband was an artist and I Googled him and an image came up and it was um, the Nighthawks painting, yep. but with Honey Bunny with the gun. And it was- I just was, saw that in the past week or two as well. I was blown away by it. I love, that's so weird that we both saw it. It's such a great image. I'm like, yeah, oh, that is so fun. I love the combination of the painting and I was like one of those damn, I wish I thought of that moments. You yeah. Know? Yeah. Very cool. That's awesome. I'm glad you saw that because it's that's one of my favorite things. Yeah, it's beautiful. I wonder where I saw that because I definitely saw it and responded to my screenshot of it, but it's so random that you like happen to you know, the internet's a big place. Yeah. Yeah. So what what do you think, what do you want to do with your photography? I mean, you're obviously tremendously talented. I know you've sold stuff in the past. Like, you know, you're probably like a lot of us that have regular jobs. And I know your job can be, you know, you have to travel around a lot. It's hard to sort of, um, the challenge for me over the years was, do I either make the art or try to make a business out of the art? But it's really hard to do both. And it wasn't until I was working from home full time and had this nifty difty little studio that I can sit in, like, you know, that I actually can make time to do both. 
So what in an ideal world, what what or like what do you think you would want to take this in the next few world next few years? And what would be like your biggest ambition with your photography if you the stars aligned, right? No, that's a good question. Um so so okay, so when I started this, it wasn't like I, I was like kind of serious and then I got like more serious after I buying equipment and I started doing things for people. I started um I did sell a couple prints. I actually did a wedding once, which I hated, by the way, because there's so much pressure. Yeah. I mean, and it's the worst DJ gig. It's the worst. Um, it's the worst photographer gig. It's the worst everything. Worst florist gig. <laughs> yeah. Fortunately, I wasn't the only photographer. I was like, they're like, here, are you like, there's. They had like a main photographer who knew how to like do wedding photography. And they're like, you just like take whatever you want, which was fun because I was like, right. I like yeah, that. Is, that is probably the best. Yeah dancing all that stuff. so that's what i did which was great but i was like never again like because i knew the people too and i was like i kind of want right. to enjoy but um i've done portraits of people which is interesting it's just all like it was all a kind of a learning experience but the, i remember i realized the second for me this is just for me for this particular thing this the second i started making it sort of a job i i put way too much pressure on myself and i Same. wasn't having i was having fun yeah and it, it sucks the fun out of it and it's like yeah so like I, I would love if there was like if i could just do portraits maybe and i don't know but for me um i'd like to kind of get back into what i was doing with salem weather maybe just start a new um like a new instagram or some other thing and just like start up again and do go try to do a year straight and take photos every day i think that's really important even though i get busy um and i want to start traveling with my camera more even if it's just like a smaller version that's that's another thing when i travel for work um i can't bring all this equipment and i don't want to you know right yeah so, take more photos on be just more aware when i have time of what's around me and you know try to take like better photos on the road um when i'm not just traveling for photography when i'm traveling for work i just try to like i just forget about that side but i'm like i'm here i might as right. well do it i mean you because you might find that wherever weird mid not i won't say weird whatever like random to us midwest place you're in there might be like you know the the largest yarn ball and whatever like a mile from your hotel and it's like you know i, I don't mean to make that sound like it's like like I'm shitting on that. I do think that's cool. And I would go see that and I'd probably buy a t-shirt, but like, you know, that might be a great photo opportunity. You couldn't get elsewhere. Well, and there's places. Yeah. And I'm like, like you say, like I'm out in Midwest. I'm not going to mention exactly where, but I'm, I'm in these places where I'll probably never go again. Mm -hmm. and I'm surprised by them. Like, Oh, I never thought this place was like this. Like this reminds me of home and it's like middle of nowhere. Like literally it feels like middle of nowhere. Which is a good reminder in these times because I think that we're living in multiple different Americas here. The opportunity to go and see, oh, this place isn't so much different from us. So regardless right. of how it looks in the news. You right. Know? So, yeah. So I actually, what I'd like to do is really just kind of not like, I, I've lately I feel like I've taken too much time off of actual photography like i haven't it hasn't been the focus uh for me lately and that it's kind of sad like i i just want like i kind of have to push myself um to make time for it now. let me give you some good news on that i have a lot of hobbies you know every single time i've taken off tons of time on it and thought i could never do it again when i come back there's a little bit of rust but then i'm twice as good yeah 
Yeah, and it's like, I think you'll have the same experience where it's like, once you get in the groove, you'll be like, how did I learn all this stuff without doing it? But you, you yeah. will. Yeah, no, that's good to hear. Yeah. Cause I, I, I feel it. Like I still feel it. Like I get out and I, I do, do shots, but like, I really, I want it to be part of my day again. And that's, that's, that's sort of my goal for the future. Just make well, it. One thing about your art too. So a lot of people, like I run into this myself. A lot of people I know that are artists, they don't make stuff that's marketable. You know, it's like they make stuff that like, you know, like this Gambit piece, a lot of people have liked it, but for the effort I put into, there's a pretty, it would have to charge a lot. And there's a pretty limited amount of people who are going to want to yeah. spend that much for a piece they spent yeah. 60 hours on. Your stuff is very marketable. And I think, especially like if you think about Salem, the number of tourists that come through, the number of little shops in there that sell stuff. I mean, I, I think that, you know, I'm, I'm here. I'm putting the pressure on you to turn into a business. No, no, no. But like, it's not a bad, like, cause I've got, sometimes I don't know. Like, it's funny. I have friends in Salem that run shops and have put my photos out and they've sold and things like that, but I never know what to give them. I'm like, that, that's what I got to figure out. I'm like, Oh, is this the most marketable photo? Like I should just, yeah. they should just, you know, it's funny. Or I should just give them a bunch of different, I, what I did was I, I chose, I think five photos and I took, and I printed multiples of each. And now I realize I should just print one or two of every photo and just say, you know, somebody yeah. will find like, you know, right. And also too, I mean, Instagram tells you which one get the most like, and I know it's not always reliable sure. because like <laughs> the algorithm changes, but it's like, I mean, there's a reason that one that I, um, the one we talked about the Hocus Pocus house had like 400 and something likes. And it's like, yeah. And I'm looking at this one now that I love too. I mean, that's another gorgeous one. Oh yeah, you know? that, yeah that's the, from the market, which uh, is museum. And you got the cars going by. So even when you take like the busyness of the street, and I assume those are car lights going by, it gets reduced down to you know an image or a blur and something more minimal, which yeah. is really cool. Yeah, I like that. I love that one too. It's fun. I'm glad you reminded me because I do. I, I I take the photos, I put them in there, and I just forget. This one too, I'd be curious, like if you woke at the reflection is so cool, it almost works upside down. Like, yeah. you know, you could cut off this and that alone would be really cool. Ben's, I forget, I posted photos where I posted them upside down because the water was so still that you yeah. couldn't, you could gave it a little eerie kind of uh, effect. Do you think most photographers start off by accidentally taking a really good picture and then not being able to stop looking at it? Because I feel like for everything I've done, I've kind of started doodling or something. And then all of a sudden something came out that I was like, whoa, where'd that come from? And then I just was like, yeah. then eventually I'm like, it's one more step. It can be a little bit, you know, is, did you have a similar experience? Because I remember we went to college together. I don't remember you being a photographer in college. No. Um, and I, and, and it, it was like, I always felt like, I always loved it though. I was like, oh, I would love to do that. I don't, and and I don't know what kept me from doing it. Like, I feel like I, it wasn't like my family stopped me from doing it, but I grew up in a family. It was like, you know, you go to school, you get a job, you, you know, it's like right. art really wasn't part of what we. And cameras are more expensive and film develop. It's like everything is, everything was a bigger pain. I mean, obviously we're young. We're, we're like, we're talking about like when we were in our early twenties, like everything was probably about five to 10 times more of a pain in the ass. Yes. As someone, so I went to film school the year after I graduated, they moved to digital. When I was there, I was literally, literally snipping and taping stuff together. <laughs> yeah. Wow. See, and that's, that's interesting to me too, because when I really finally got into like photography, everything is digital and you know talking to people who 
either still shoot film or started shooting film and are now digital. It's a, it's, it's, it is a completely different thing. It's, it's, it's completely different. A lot of people think digital is cheating. I don't think it is. I think it's a completely different art than, right. uh, than, than film. Um, uh, I it's do... sort of one of those when people say that it's sort of like people are like oh you should be recording on tape and not pro tools and you're just like well okay it it's it's <laughs> right it's a little bit of like look oprah like if everybody could afford your chefs we could all look so good you know it's <laughs> yeah i mean it's a, it's a whole different well i, I remember so uh I w when i f i did take some photography lessons from a guy and he was telling me when he first started like one of his first jobs after he had learned photography was um weddings and he would get i think enough film to shoot 128 shots or something like that and you had to guarantee 100 can you imagine <laughs> yeah so <laughs> it's it's not like to me because because like Ugh. you you can talk to photographers who have been doing this for 30 years and you know or or longer and and they'll tell you like these are photographers that take like landscape or whatever you have to take it's like one out of a thousand right. the good they they feel good about and is a good photo um like or you and part of the talent is knowing that one out of a thousand. That's where a lot of the talent comes from is, yeah. is not only this, it's like, it's the, the setup, but the afterwards and having the eye. Right. But it's all, yeah, but it's not like some people hear that and they're like, oh, I can go take a thousand photos. Of nah. It's not true. You, you have to know the right. light, where you're looking, you know. One and step it, rolls into the next. Yeah, and, and you could be, I could be shooting nonstop at something and uh, but you got to find that one shot where everything was perfect you know? photo burst mode on your iphone doesn't get you there i mean you might get lucky sometimes but it doesn't it's not the only time i use photo burst is like now every once in a while when i go out to try to take photos of like birds any wildlife right. you know to try to catch something at the you know because yeah, yeah yeah but um yeah um yeah i i feel for, like when you see really amazing film shots like you wonder like now that everybody has digital cameras, like they can pretty much catch anything. <laughs> like everything's right. kind of captured like what it was like back then when you really had to be hyper-focused on every little thing just to get the shot, you know, and, and, and be able to see it. Like, uh-oh, if my, uh, you know, if I had, if it was too long exposure, underexposed or overexposed, you're screwed. Like you had to be right on. Now, my camera pretty much tells me. I, I'm shooting in manual because it's, it's, uh, it's better. Right. But like the camera, there's so much going on in the camera. It's telling me whether it's going to, the image is going to come out like right. decent. There's one thing too about what everybody having a camera is the, the camera can, can do a lot of the technical work, but it can't teach you how to frame. And it can't, well, it, and it's like, so like a truly great photograph, like tells a story or, yeah. you know, and that is one thing that, you know, the camera itself isn't going to be able to do, you know, the framing tells a story, the composition tells a story, you know, and then too, if you're, you know, a, an artistic photographer, photographer, understanding that um, some elements should be crisp, some should be um, blurred out and making choices rather than, you know, being yeah. like, oh, excellent shot this. Yeah, for, for, that's the first thing I notice about like a really good shot. It's like, wow, that's really well framed um it's just you're looking through a window into this this one moment that'll never happen again you know what i mean it's just kind of very cool how people choose um 
to frame their shots and, and whether they're following a rule of thirds or any of that or those leading lines. Sometimes you just get lucky. Right. I mean, real professional photographers like get lucky, but um, but that's part of it too. Like I could go around, take photos all day and not realize I've taken great photo until later. Yes, so, that's yeah, a wonderful feeling. Because you're like, oh, wow, look at the way the you know, this is pointing this way in this line and the shadow falls and you're like, oh, wow, there, that works. I didn't even realize. I took the photo maybe somewhere in the back of my mind at the time. I knew it was going to be okay, but you don't know till after. And that, I think that's part of it too. It's fun. Well, here's a weird question I just thought of. All right, so you live in Salem. I'm not going to get into, you know, whether ghosts and all that stuff is real. But yeah. have you ever taken a photo around town where you looked back on it and you're like, I don't know what that is? Because I've had a few people. I had this idea for a documentary a few years ago about over the course of my life, people have told me some pretty convincing ghost stories. And I'm somebody who's sort of like, you know, ghosts could be true, could not be true. I had this lunchbox that kept doing something weird in my office the past six months. So I it's got me thinking. But people have have, have showed me some kind of weird photos and, and had these stories, people that are pretty reputable otherwise. Yeah. So I always think about that. Ever any encounters like that? Um, okay. Uh, never in Salem. Um, I've never had any like encounters or where I took a photo and I saw something weird in it. I have met people um, and I, okay. We both went to BU. Yeah. Um, uh, I, I roomed with, with your friend. and uh, Drummer Dan, from Microwave Sushi, Dan Bazil. I'll have to tell you about that later. Okay, he's drumming like a maniac now. It's awesome. Really? Oh god, I gotta get, get in contact. But um, it's one night. Um, I think I told him this. This is crazy. So we were on Buzzwell Street. Do you remember Buzzwell Street? All too well. I was home. He was not home. Um, I had had you know out for the night. Had a few drinks. Came home. Fell asleep on the sofa woke up to what I thought was a person coming through the door. And I remember vividly, and this this is gonna make me sound insane because I'm not like a ghost person, but this is the only experience I've ever had where I'm like, is this a ghost? I I look, there's just a little light coming through the window behind me and I'll put the lights throughout and the light coming through the door. Like the door to me actually opened. Could have been dreaming, I don't know. I see a girl in a white t-shirt and shorts coming toward me and then she, I was like, hello, Dan. Hello. And I thought it was somebody else. And um, nobody was there. Uh, well, no, she didn't say anything. Came toward me. I freaked out, turned around. There was a light behind me. Turned the light on quick and turned back and nobody was there. God. The door was closed. Okay. And so now I'm freaking out. I'm like, <laughs> you know, like, wow, I wasn't that drunk. You know, I was just, you know. So then I don't sleep. It's like three in the morning. Don't sleep. Next day, I think I probably told Dan, but I looked into it. It was and, and I remember details about her. She was blonde, this and that. And then, then come to find out, some blonde girl had died in that building years ago. Oh my like, god! She looked, she looked like she was a monoclonal. So that, that freaked me. I don't know what to think, but that is that's a legit experience I've had. It's funny. The, the reason I love these stories is not because like I'm gonna sit here and judge whether what you ha what happened to you is exactly what you said, but like you you had an experience and we don't yeah. know what caused that experience. Like okay. I don't think you had a mental break. I don't think it's like I don't know what like you know. But I believe you. I believe you experienced what you said you did. But I don't know how to explain it. And it's like it's like to say it's a it's like to say that you experienced what you experienced doesn't necessarily say it's a ghost, but something right. Weird. Exactly. I still don't, even if it, not, even if it was in your head just doing a weird dream thing, it's still fucking interesting. The coincidence of all of it was weird because like I didn't, 
I don't think I researched it, but I told somebody in the building and they were like, oh yeah, that's, that's the ghost or something. I'm like, no, it isn't. And then they told me this story. I was like, they described the person and I was like, that's what it looked like. Yes. <laughs> so it kind of freaked me out. So that's, that will always stick with me because it was a very strange night. Yeah. It is wild. My, my documentary, the idea was um, that how did this experience you had with the the supernatural change you? Like you would think that if something happened to you that you really believed that it was um, something that was not of this world and of the world we knew, you would think your life would never be the same. But what I found out from most people when I chatted them about it is that they didn't. They just sort of incorporated it into their life and moved on. And which I I mentioned before, I had this thing. I should. We were talking about this lunchbox before. Um. I came into my office twice in the over the past several months, and one of these metal hooks was just unhooked. Now this is like steel, but like I, yeah, yeah, it's hard to get this off, and literally they were just detached, and it was hard to get it back on. A couple well, other we, weird we, things yeah. happened, but this was one of the, this is like the only one I couldn't explain at all, That's and weird. I don't know what like could have possibly happened. And it's only two people living here, and it wasn't my girlfriend. Yeah, yeah, that 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 is strange. Yeah. yeah yeah i'm trying to think, i don't think i've had any other encounters like that that like unexplained i don't think but that one always sticks out in my head it's, it's pretty just... wild it's it's just it's i don't know <laughs> stuff like that is great so i don't know anything else so i guess we'll be getting close to wrapping up here um anything else you want to talk about or um any other photography stories um, you got or i don't really um well oh i didn't i'll quickly tell you about so so uh, I had a photography teacher that I found. Oh out. yes, I, I met. That's, that's, I knew there was something I wanted to go back just to. Quick, just a quick. Story. It was just uh, so I started taking photos. Then I got a camera. I'm trying to self, you know, be self-taught, which I basically was, and um, watched a lot of YouTube videos. There's a lot of great people that make these videos that really can you can get a lot of free lessons, oh, yeah. which was great. Um, but I still wasn't quite sure what I was doing saw this guy had these classes in town went and um, signed up for the class and I was the only one or I think there were like two people in the class and uh eventually people just stopped showing up he's he's kind of like an old hippie very cool guy um kind of just ended up just hanging out with him um whenever he's like yeah just come by whenever you know I, I paid for the classes but ended up going way more and just kind of learning from his experiences and and um he the way he took very artistic photos like models and things like that and it wasn't my thing but i learned so much about light and shadow and, and what to look for and, and and leading lines and he just taught taught me all that stuff that like i had no clue and and then the, the biggest lesson the whole thing was oh yeah by the way don't follow any of those rules just like find things that you like but the most important thing i learned from him was framing you gotta you gotta get closer you always have to get closer than you think mm -hmm. even though a lot of my photos are farther away it, i'm like, you're going to get so close to the moon <laughs> i'm really working on framing so that's i don't want certain things in the way or, or distracting at the edges of the photos i like just i want you to know what i'm what you're supposed to look at you know yeah so that's what i'm yeah. He was pretty cool. I actually, I ended up paying him in weed <laughs> for like half of Because like, I remember I was like, can I take your class again? I said, I have friends that like to come. And he goes, oh yeah, you know, and then uh, that's what he took for payment, which was, <laughs> which was amazing. Welcome to Massachusetts. <laughs> yeah. And uh, yeah. And, and then I don't know what happened to him. 
um yeah yeah um, it's it's i mean that's where it's like you can you can get inspiration from almost anybody it's like i have people that are that are probably um only slightly further ahead in their artistic journey than i am that i seek that i get a lot of inspiration from it's just a matter of engaging with people and learning what you can it's um yeah, you know absolutely. being part of a community is is uh is huge yeah, and that, and that was fun too. Like uh, some friends that were local that came and took the class. Then we'd all go out sometimes and take photos together. That was fun too. I, I prefer, for me, I prefer going out on my own because it's just sort of a, a relaxing thing for me. Yeah. Uh, but going out with other people and kind of helping them out, like, oh, how do I do the setting or whatever? I can kind of, I like that aspect of it. That's a tricky thing that I, I and we'll wrap up in a second. But sometimes I look at. Um, when I go to like a Comic-Con and I see all these 15, 16 year old, you know, girls dressed as like Deadpool and stuff like that. Yeah. And I'm like, the, you did not exist when I was a kid. And yeah. like, and like, no matter what it was geeky thing that we were into when we were like in high school, whatever, we maybe were lucky if we had one or two people who liked it as well. And everybody who's into like the sports, they make their sports friends almost for life. And like, once we get out and finally have, you know, it's affordable for us to do these things, you do have to go find your new friends that do these things also and learn from them. It's, right. um, and it's tough for people who are artists who might be naturally extroverted, but it does the the having it be a, having a community. You're gonna come. You're gonna come along so much faster. And you can always you know receive back and do your own thing. But just having the connection to others, you're gonna learn things yeah. so much. You quicker. learn a lot. You learn a lot from yeah yeah friends. So cool, yeah. man. Well, it's been a pleasure talking to you. Salem Weather on Instagram. Um, follow him. Hit him up and, and make him sell you some prints because these are amazing. Um, I yeah, absolutely beautiful work, man. It's been a pleasure uh, talking Thank to you, you today. Thanks, Tim. Cool, man. I like you.